Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Matt. Hey, all okay in your world? Oh, yes. Well, just about. <laughs> I've got a stress, big fractu- <laughs> stress fracture in my rib, which has been causing me pain, so I'm getting zero sleep at the moment. Um, but apart from that, it's all good. Yeah, so what, what, do you, what, what do you do for that, then? Do you just rest you just it? complain you about it. <laughs> but you can't do anything, can you? No, there's nothing you can do. You just, oh. you just, yeah, literally moan every minute of the day and try and, <laughs> try and cover the pain with paracetamol. And, yeah, oh. but it's, oh, it's just... So yes, every, time you, every, every time you move or whatever in the it's, night? It's certain yeah. movements and yeah. coughing, sneezing doesn't help. Um, and it's weird because it's, it's kind of in like a band that goes around my whole of my chest. So it's not just in the spot where it's potentially uh, cracked it. But anyway, I'll stop morning. Podcast, take my mind off it. Yeah. Are you doing, you're, you're on holiday, are you? Yeah, so I just did Again? the well, well, no, no, no. But just to explain, I did the World Athletics Championships, which, which finished last night, and we've moved on. And my wife and kids came out for the end of it, so they could watch oh, some wow. stuff, and they loved it. Um, so just there, so I moved to a holiday place, and uh, it's literally idyllic. The kids are in the pool. We might we might get some um, infiltrators, but actually the guys <laughs> are here. So I just want to explain. We've got Archie yes. and Miles Shepherd, who mm-hmm. people might not know initially as the name, but when I say Shepmates. Um, they should do. These are guys who do fantastic sort of voiceover commentary, started in a cricketing world and it's expanding, but we'll, we'll let them explain. Here we go. Got us. Hey guys. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, very good. How are you? Uh, I've just been morning to Matt. Sorry, I'm Chris. This is Matt. Um, I've just, just been morning to him. Um, I've got a stress fracture in my ribs, so I'm just mourning about how much, how much pain I'm in. But, um, oh, yeah. okay. A little bit of sympathy, but not much else. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Arch, Archie and Miles, can you, uh, you must get this off. Archie. Archie on the right, Miles on the left. You guys have got the task. You guys have got the task of cheering up Chris because he started a bit grumpy with the with the stress <laughs> fracture. So, you're, uh, yeah, that's the aim. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Chris, I'm in a similar boat, mate. I've uh, fractured my wrist. Oh, no. Yeah, so we're both in pain, mate. What happened? Uh, playing Aussie Rules footy. Dangerous so, stuff. Yeah, got stuck in a tackle and fully bent it the wrong way, pretty much. Yeah, oh, a little no. fracture, there, a little annoying. So nightmare. No good. I've only seen Aussie rules once, and that was at Subiaco Oval about maybe about ten years ago. <laughs> Excuse me, and yeah. um, it was a pre-season friendly, and oh, it was it was it was amazing. Like I absolutely, I loved it, and the crowd and it, you would never believe it was a friendly. Like it was super intense, and the crowd were getting really up for it and the, the players clearly were up for it too but yeah what what a sport absolutely incredible Mate, it's an extremely chaotic game that's, <laughs> that's what it is um, it's hard to hard to understand there's bodies flying everywhere the ball's yeah. going in so many different directions there's no offside you know it's I, uh, I can't blame you foreigners for not understanding it straight away yeah. but um, the crowd definitely does get 
very, very into it. And um, it's got some big stadiums and draws some pretty big crowds. So it's massive. It's massive over here. I think it's it was the size of the pitch and how far the players had to run and how co- like it was just yeah. constant movement. There's no kind of like a little flurry of activity and then they stand around for a bit and you know like in football no. or whatever. It was just it's relentless and yeah, the, the players have yeah. got to be. I guess they've got to be insanely fit for it. Well, it was essentially made for the cricketers to warm up back in the day. So that was the oh. sport that they invented to warm up the cricketers. Well, they keep them fit in the off season. Yeah, so oh. that's how they made the game. That's why it's played on all the big cricket grounds. Like, so we've just oh. adapted to it. Because I, I never um, knew that. I never knew that. I, I went to a game at the yeah. MCG and, and it was fantastic. I, I, I want to say Collingwood against the Demons or I don't know, something like that. Uh, but yeah, all, yeah, of the, yeah, all, all of the players seemed good. But there was this one guy, and I'm totally getting his name wrong probably, but Jeff Jeff Farmer or something like that. I mean, I'm not sure he's playing anymore, but he was like streets ahead of everyone else. He could jump high. <laughs> it was just, it was staggering. This guy it was like a sort of Michael Jordan of the sports. I was in awe of him. Jeff Farmer was an absolute star. Yeah. He'd kick some amazing goals and he'd fly and take streamers on people's shoulders. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty special watching players like that um, on the big stage. It's pretty awesome. So, cricket is your kind of main sport, though, or is it just into all, all kinds of sport? It's, it's funny, there's been like a national debate going on at the moment of what's like our biggest sport. Um, and I think cricket did win it. So, uh, okay. um, yeah, so I think cricket's the, the national sport and our main sport. But um, in terms of, I don't know, Aussie identity, it's like, I mean, AFL is, is sort of in our blood. Like everyone from across the country, every state gets involved. Yeah. Whereas the rugby, NRL, like it's mainly just the East Coast where it's Queensland and New South Wales. But I don't know, everyone sort of has a dip with AFL. So, um, yeah, cricket, AFL, um, and then obviously the big Olympic sports like swimming and whatnot we probably get a run with as well. But cricket, in terms of you guys, cricket, is is that's how you started? I mean, I, I guess, yeah, we should yeah. already, in the introduction, we yeah. explained um, what you what you guys are, are well known for and we've chatted about that. But, yeah, do you, would you, could you like to um, explain... What Shetmates is all about, and how it came about, and and why you're this TikTok and Instagram and worldwide sensation is that you are now? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I think Miles can take away with this one. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to explain. Um, it's all happened like pretty quick, obviously in the last couple of years. But it started with the cricket. You're right, Chris. Um, obviously, the Ashes were were in Australia a few years ago, or a couple of years ago now. Um, and we were, I was just super keen for it. You know, me and, me and Arch were working sales jobs at um, the local timber stores. So I was, he was at Bowen's and I was at Everest Timber, local rivals in, in our town for, <laughs> for timber sales and stuff. And I wanted to watch the game so bad, but we obviously, we didn't have a TV in the, in the timber store. So it was just on the radio. Um, and uh, we had a TikTok account at the time, actually. And, yeah. and I think we had 10,000 followers just answering quizzes in, in our car and, sort of rage quitting and anyway, people seem to like that. Um, but I was I was manning the desk at the, at the timber store and I was I was listening intently to the first ball of the Ashes, like in a massive build-up all summer and Mitchell Stark has the ball and, you know, I can hear the crowd chanting, chanting him in and he bowls Rory Burns around his legs and the commentator just goes off and rips this ball. ball. It was James Brayshaw on Triple M and, um, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so I was buzzed for the rest of the day, and then I went to footy training, and I was on the way home, and they replayed that that moment because obviously it's one of the biggest Ashes moments to happen. You know, first ball of the series, and I, I don't know. This commentary was just ringing in my head, and 
I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we're quite creative guys. So if I, if I think of an idea, I'm just going to go screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I don't really care what people think. I think it's funny. Um, what's the worst that can happen? So I went home and I thought of this idea. I'm like, oh, what if I, what if I pretend to be this commentator going <laughs> off his head? Um, so I grabbed my brother's PS4 headset, went upstairs and just pressed record and uh, took me a few goes and, you know, I thought it was funny and posted it that night and woke up and, and it just gone bananas overnight. People yeah. were loving it. Like, oh, I think I did this little look to my side. and I don't know. People were loving that part of it. <laughs> people loved the, little, yeah, yeah. Loved the little intricacies, like just the little things in the video. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, oh, this is great. You should do this moment. You should do that moment. And this moment, I'm like, oh, shit, arch, we're, we're under something here. Yeah. So I think the next night we filmed, a, we filmed another video. I was like, is there a second commentator in this one? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a piece of the pie here? <laughs> uh, and there was, it was the, I think it was the Adam Gilchrist and Shane Warne version of yeah, it. Same um, bowl, but different version. Yeah. So we, I jumped in on that and then that went just as nuts. And then it was just, yeah, people just kept commenting different. They wanted every cricket moment. And then, yeah, since then we've transitioned into every other sport. So it's just gone absolutely, you know, bananas since then. What was 18 months ago or longer now? So yeah, yeah. almost two years now. So it's, Pretty crazy, wow. pretty crazy. I'm, I'm fascinated at, as the actual process of how you do it because it's not a, a rough approximation and, you know, you're kind of close to the, the real commentary and the audio. You're absolutely bang on, both of you. At the, the timing is perfect. <laughs> the, you know, aside from the, 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 the comedy that you bring to it, the timing, the technical side of it looks astonishing. How, how many takes does it take normally to get it absolutely spot mm -hmm. on? We have people ask this question all the time. It's a great question. And it's, it's, there's no real answer to it because sometimes, I mean, to be fair, there's a process before we press play. So the process will be, okay, let's, let's get the clip. Do we need to cut down the clip? Um, what's going to be the most engaging part of the clip? So, um, yeah, we'll edit that up. And then once we've got it, then we'll script it up on the laptop, um, just have it in front of us. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much just press play and we haven't pressed play on the recording yet, but we're just listening to it for however long we think it takes and then we'll press record. And once we press record, that's when we'll sort of figure out, okay, maybe how do we spice this up a bit? How do we actually make it like entertaining? Um, and we might just do some stupid shit in the background. <laughs> Get like a flask out. I don't know. Like, sort of spice it up a bit. So, um, but yeah, some of them, some of them take ages. Some of them, and we're perfectionists as well. Yeah. Like it's got to a level now where if, if we're out, our audience is going to know that we're out. And and we've we've watched ourselves lip sync so many videos now. We know when we're out by the slightest the slightest bit. So we'll just redo it and redo it and redo it. And sometimes it takes, you know, very too long, and we have to yeah. have a break and go back to it. But we just wanted to kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, I mean, we did like a, I don't know if you saw the Danny Hart mountain bike video oh no that one no. that one took the, the longest for sure yeah and i think it was oh, a, wow. the whole clip yeah the whole clip's three minutes but we cut it down to maybe a minute and a half because you know three minute videos don't do too well on tiktok so we yeah. cut it down to a minute and a half and just that commentary so insane and it took us like maybe a three-hour stint yeah and we were just get probably well, yeah, like at the start it's fun and we're loving it and then um, we just end up getting pissed off with each other. We can screw it up. But yeah, look, let's just have a break. Have a yeah, break. getting the headaches. Yeah, like, think we're putting like everything into this. Like the emotions up. Like it's a lot of energy, 
and then you just keep screwing up like, over and over again. So you need a break sometimes. So yeah, it is, it is quite the process to, to make one of those videos for sure. So was that the Danny Hart, the, the Daniel World title that he won? Was it the junior one? But was that Fort William back in? I can't remember when it was. It was a couple of years ago now, I think. I'd be lying if I said I was all across my <laughs> but, I, but you know what? I, I'm sure I remember it because of the commentary as well as becoming world champion. But the, the commentary was just yeah. off. Off, yeah. the, off the <laughs> charts, you know, he was so they were so excited. Do you find that in a lot? I find having watched a lot of extreme sports, they, they tend the commentators tend to just let it let it all out and get a bit more excited and a bit more animated compared to some of the more traditional sports where, um, you know, or more mainstream sports that are on TV. I think a lot of the extreme yeah. sports commentators tend to really lose lose themselves in the moment and uh, kind of get just get enthralled by it all. Well, I think some sports, um, well, most sports, they'll rely heavily on the crowd to build that atmosphere. Uh, whereas you look at, you know, the Danny Hart one, um, there isn't exactly a stadium full of people cheering him on. So I feel like the commenters do, the commentators do have to pick it up a bit there. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. You'd think that the commentators would like be a bit more animated if their sport isn't, you know, as you know, uh, how would you say, exciting to the eye. So that, that whole audio aspect, yeah, they definitely need to pick it up. And I feel like with these more niche sports, you're not going to get a mainstream journalist to go and commentate this niche sport. They're probably going to get uh, a mountain biking enthusiast that just lives and breathes mountain biking. <laughs> so obviously they're going to be naturally more passionate about it. So that's probably, I mean, another aspect to it. Or even when we see clips of like badminton or people send us clips yeah. of lawn bowls or these commentators are just hurt. You think this guy is such a lawn bowls commentator. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is probably a lawn bowls nothing, you know, like yeah. they're not going to get in to go and commentate a mainstream football game, but he'll love to, to commentate the lawn bowls. You did a good one over in Spanish even as well, didn't you, with Messi? We have been diversifying. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, a, that's, a, that's a new twist uh, to yeah. the playbook, yeah. Yeah, we have been diversifying into multiple languages. I think we did a channel <laughs> the other week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, we've done a few, I think a couple of viral ones, like really viral on TikTok where the, the Spanish messy ones. So, um, messy, 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 those sort of ones. So, uh, <laughs> World Cup was great. Yeah, the World Cup, yeah, that helped us out heaps. Like, yeah, global, global stuff. Some of those videos went nuts. But even recently, the messy video that we did, I, th- I love the Spanish commentators. I think they add so much yeah. passion to it, and it sort of sounds funny. And yeah, I'm like, oh, it's just gonna be gonna be comedic if two yeah. blokes from Australia pretend to rip off Spanish commentators. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's all part of it. <laughs> Have you ever had the opportunity to to do a proper commentary, as in you know, not doing a voiceover, but actually given the chance to sit in front of a microphone and commentate on a, a sporting moment or a sporting event? Yeah, I, look, I. People think, oh, yeah, um, you're planning to go do some commentating in the future. I was like, mate, we've never actually done it. Like, it's a completely different, different kettle of fish. Like, calling a game compared to what we do is well, essentially what we're doing is acting. Uh, it's just completely different. So, but we did, I did have the opportunity to go and commentate at our local football game. Um, cause I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of well known in our community for the whole Shetmates thing. So, um, I was injured on the day. Um, and then the, the local sports, um, broadcast, broadcast uh, reached out and was like, yeah, we've got a spot on this, you know, commentary panel for this live stream. 
uh, just come and commentate your mates pretty much. So I just sat in. I wasn't. I thought I, I thought he was going to get me to actually call some plays, but special, I was special comments. I was more man. special comments. So <laughs> yeah, yet to call a play. Um, I do. I, I would, wouldn't mind that. I think you definitely have to know the sport inside and out. So for me, it would be AFL or cricket. Um, those two I just know everything about. So um, I'd hate to go and commentate a sport I don't know much about. Yeah, nothing worse than being unprepared or not knowing the names. Or yeah, I feel like that adds to it. If you go in, if I was to go and do it, I'd have to study up on the players, the run sheet, the form, the, who, the history. You know, what, what can I? What can I jump to when I don't have anything to say? Like there'd be a bit, there'd be a bit that goes into being a, a good commentator. I'm Absolutely. sure it's not something we just jump into. Yeah. I think the commentary of things like, I don't know if you've ever seen a Tour de France um, on TV and, it, you know, they could be riding for five hours. You put on Eurosport and it, they have the entire stage on and literally nothing will happen for the first four hours. Maybe, you know, it, it could be a flat stage. It's not in the mountains. It's not a time show. There's nothing that's, you know, significant going to happen that day. And they've just got to talk for <laughs> for all that time. Yeah. You know, chatting about the scenery, chatting about, you know, and by the third hour they've talked about every single rider and the 200 rider bunch and, and you know to me that's the kind of thing that home oh, it's bad enough i do a little bit of punditry on tv not commentary so much um mm. and you might have two minutes to fill or five minutes to fill and you think five minutes what we what are we going to talk about for five minutes you know yeah every yeah. second can sort of drag sometimes when you've you know you, you've got to talk about things that are you haven't already discussed and it's got to be hopefully yeah. engaging and interesting but yeah, it's it, like any job, really. I think until you've tried it or until yeah. you sort of scratch beneath the surface, you don't really necessarily appreciate how hard it is. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the commentators are now starting to get either nervous that you guys are going to be doing a <laughs> doing a take of one of their bits, or whether they're excited and honoured because it must be quite a cool thing. I, the first one I I saw was the Andrew Castle John McEnroe one at Wimbledon, um, and that came up on BBC oh, Sport, and that was just. That was incredible, and and it was. I, I was just saying, I wonder what Andrew Castle and John think about that. You know, I wonder what they were at the time. They're like, fair play. I know. Would not have a clue what they think about it. We actually brushed past John McEnroe on our way into Wimbledon that day, and yeah, we didn't. I don't think he knew us, so we didn't um, say hi to him. But I was thinking, like, we're about to rip you off. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have had a clue. <laughs> he wouldn't have had a clue. Um, but I, I think I, I, I would hope. The, the commentators are excited for us to sort of, you know, spotlight them or the sport. But yet again, you know, we are a comedy page. So if a commentator slips up, we're probably going to expose them. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably a double-edged sword. Uh, I would love to see your take on Chris Boardman and Simon Brotherton who do the track cycling. So it's, yeah, I'll try and, I'll try and find, uh, I'll try and find a clip. And send yeah, it to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's well, been there's there's some exciting moments in track cycling, and uh, and having I've done a, like every now and again, I'll get invited up just to do a, a small stint in the commentary box, and you see yeah. it from the other side, and it's yeah, it's even things like when you're you know you've you've got a you've got a little cough button that you got to press when you're coughing, all the things that happen off air that yeah. no one knows is going on, or you're panicking because the screen's gone down and you've got no information on who's in the next race, or and, and you're kind of. Yeah. Flapping around behind the screen, it seems, and then uh, you listen to it, and Simon's all, and you join us here at the track cycle for, you know, <laughs> everything's all calm. And behind, what the hell's going on? <laughs> you know, it's just, and then, so that, I, I think that's why I find what you guys do so funny because it's, okay, it's, it's exaggerated and it's comedy and it's it's there for laughs, but yeah. actually, it's, it's quite close to the truth, I think, a lot of the time. 
You know, when it, in really yeah. exciting moments, the commentators have to get into it and they are into it and they are, yeah. you know, jumping about and, and absolutely blown away by this incredible sporting moment. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just funny seeing the, the camera turn back on them. Well, Chris, we had, and Matt, we had the privilege of actually, when we were in Europe um, four weeks ago, we had the privilege of going to Lords and doing some work for Sky Sports um, and a little bit for the BBC as well. And you won't believe it, but somehow we got access on the final day to the commentary box um, overlooking the ground. We're in the box with Michael Atherton, Nasser Hussein, Ricky Ponting, uh, KP. They're all in there. Um, and it's also the session that Ben Stokes is taking complete control of the game. It's the session that he made 150. Yeah, so we're in there, like we're flies on the wall, like watching all of this unfold from the commentator's perspective. Like they're probably five metres in front of us and we're just sort of out the back with the producers. Um, and Michael Atherton and I think it was Nasser Hussein, they were both they were both on this one session. And it was literally just watching poetry in motion the way these guys went about it. Yeah. Um, could not believe what was going on. Just Michael Atherton, complete professional. And like after watching that whole session, just convinced that like commentary is an art. Like I don't know how they think of the words that they do, but uh, the way they sort of flowed their sentences and finished it off going into like an ad break. Like he'd sort of mic drop, put the mic down, and then run to the background. <laughs> <laughs> the producers like, well, like that. Yes. You know, <laughs> what a crowd! They're trying to impress the ten blokes in the commentary. <laughs> like, there's no one feeding them lines. Like Athos is just coming up with these like ripper lines just to close out this session. And I'm like, how is he doing it? Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> Because you guys had some time with Ricky Ponting, I watched the um, I watched the clip when you guys did a sort of a bit with him in the nets and stuff. Now, for me, he was a, an unbelievably good addition to the commentary for the summer. He's so good. His his insight to the tiniest little little thing was fantastic. Like how he was, you know, playing the high ball and him running through that stuff. But how surreal was it when suddenly you're in with Ricky Ponting, who was probably a hero for you guys, I guess, as you were younger. Absolutely, he he was a massive hero for us. Obviously, we didn't. Uh, we were probably in our younger days when he retired, but still, you know, looking back, I think we, even now, we probably appreciate what he did now, looking yeah. at the hundreds that he made and compared to, you know, look at Steve Smith is probably our idol, like for the modern day, you know, in yeah. terms of, you know, being our age. Um, but then you look at Punter and he's still, Punter's scored, you know, I think eight or nine more hundreds than Steve Smith now. So it's like, it makes you appreciate how good this this man was at yeah. cricket and for Australian oh, cricket and being the captain. So to see him in real life, um, it was amazing. And we spent, what did we spend? I think we spent four days at Lords with him and, and he's quite, he's quite particular. Um, you know, I think you can tell by the way he comments, commentates, he's the ultimate professional. Like he, with everything he says, he, there's a lot of conviction. Obviously there's a lot of thought that goes into it. He'll say how it is. Um, and that's that's how he sort of operates around the commentary box as well. Like we could sort of tell that when he's on the job, he's on the job, and he's yeah. quite a, he's almost a quite intimidating figure. And, yeah, and I could see why he was the Australian captain, and why you know he would go head to head with these other countries and, and lead our team. Like you, you could sort of tell he when he's commentating, he's commentating, and when he's when he's not, he's you know he's spending time with his family. Um, and it was sort of like. We were sort of in the picture, but never yeah. really got to, to meet him. So we were sort of on edge for about 
four days. Like, oh, we've seen him walk past a few times. He probably knows. He doesn't know who we are, but I'd love to meet him. Um, and then we didn't get, we didn't meet him at Lords because he was, he was obviously busy with, with that kind of stuff. But um, the social team at Sky then said, "Look, we want to do a piece with with you and Punter." I'm like, oh, does he want to do that? Like, I don't know. He might think we're a joke because he didn't say hi to us for four days. Let's like, go here. So we saw him at Manchester. We were sort of lingering out, out yeah. back of the commentary box, like waiting for the Sky social guy to go and ask him. And we, we were watching the Sky social guy go up to him and be like, Punter, you want to, you want to do the social piece with the two guys out the back? And he Punter looked at us <laughs> and looked us up and down. <laughs> Didn't really give us much of a facial expression either. Goes back to the social about how long is it going to take? <laughs> and he looks at me, he's like, how long is it going to take? And I'm like, oh, 15 minutes, probably 15, 20 minutes. He's like, oh, okay, no, no worries. So it's not going to take too much of his time. But I think once once he knows what he's doing, so he came out to us and was like, boys, what, what are we doing? I'll introduce myself. Hey, mate, Miles, da, 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 love your work, Punter. Um, all right, what are we doing? So we then explained the concept to him and it's just, you know, a bit of fun, a bit of banter, a bit of competition. And you can just see his whole body relax, like, oh, okay, this is just like a fun piece. They're not asking me serious questions or anything like that. So then for the next 10 minutes, we're walking out to the, the indoor shed and we're just talking about his holiday and where he's been and just chatting about all sorts of things. And then, yeah, got into the piece and, yeah, it was an absolute banger piece of content. Like, came up really nice. It probably only took 15 minutes to film, so... Um, yeah, he was really enthused the whole time. And, I, yeah, it was a pinch myself moment, to be honest. Just, yeah. Because he gave us everything. He gave us, you know, when he, when he knows he's on camera, he's, you know, he, he's a media guy. He's been in the media scene. So he, he gives it gives it his all and says these little one-liners and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he didn't have to do that. But, you know, he really helped us out, which is great. He was game for a laugh, wasn't he, as well? Like he was seemed to be right into it because you're, oh, yeah. you're acting out. One of you was batting and acting out individual batsmen and he had to guess who it was, was the competition, wasn't it? That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> I rated my form too. I thought I wasn't too bad there. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, was, I was blown away because I, I don't know a massive amount about cricket and how he, he, I didn't realise that you could impersonate players just with their, their batting style that you could straight away go, yeah. oh, that's, that's, you know... Whoever, you know, that's, um, yeah, yeah, just picking up straight away. It's, well, it's I, was, really impressive. I was in the mirror for hours the night before. Trying to get And I couldn't know either because we came up with the idea and I'm like, okay, Arch, you're going to have to be the impersonator, but you can't tell me who you're impersonating because it'll yeah. ruin, ruin the game. So he had to lock himself in the bathroom and, and do all that while I was just. <laughs> On the bed at the hotel room. So, yeah, because some are, some are very tough, but but Steve Smith's quite an easy one because he's so eccentric. His batting style, yeah, exactly. you can just do exaggerations. But some of them are very tough to do. But you immediately, instantly, because I love my cricket, you can instantly recognise who they are. So quite a skill. Yeah, Hunter got it straight away. So yeah, there were yeah, some that he got straight away. There were actually some which probably took a few goes, but obviously you don't see that in the in the minute and a half edit. Like, you got to remember, like, we, we filmed this piece for 10, 15 minutes and got to cut it down to, you know, a two-minute piece. You know, yeah. You know, it probably, the way we edited it made it look better than it probably was, but, you know, it came <laughs> up really well. It felt, it felt good in the moment. Regardless. Yeah. So have you got a wish list of sports people that you'd love to do similar social pieces with in, in any kind of sport? If you, if you had a wish list, who would be at the top of it? Wow, a wish list. I mean, there, there are some oh. big names in the AFL. Um, which we would love to do pieces with. I think if we were to do a piece right now, it, for me, it would be Cam Smith. 
just do a golf piece with him of some sort, some challenge. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he'd be like super relaxed and up for anything. So and he sort of matches our vibe as well. Australian got a seedy moustache and a nice mullet. So. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of suits our style. Yeah, um, but something with him would be awesome. Um, I mean, there are some yeah, like there are some big AFL players which would be unreal purely because we're AFL nuffy yeah. Australian football. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, Daniel uh, Ricardo in the F1. He's yeah. I wouldn't say he's, he's not the best Formula driver in the world, but he's great he's character. On, he's on the world stage representing Australia, and he's an awesome character. Like you see him on you know the Drive to Survive documentary. He's just He's, he's infectious, so to do something with him would be would be awesome. He seems pretty fun as well. I think he'd, he'd be in the sp- getting the spirit of it, I reckon. That's right. You, you want people that um, embrace the ludicrousy of social yeah. media content. You know, and we've seen him do like a couple of videos with social media creators and he's like fully invested in the video and the video comes up amazing just because he's like willing to work with them. So, yeah, um, yeah he'd 100% be on that wish list. He could go the complete opposite and go for someone who, from another country, who knows nothing about shipmates, and it's the most awkward. <laughs> you know, it gets it gets the views because it's so incredibly awkward. You know, a little bit like I don't know if you if you are Formula One fans. I don't know if you've seen. Um, I don't know if you get Martin Brundle's Gridwalk in Australia. You might not. Martin Brundle, Formula nah. One driver, and he he goes right. in the Gridwalk and he interviews just the the people that are milling about. Sometimes it's the drivers, sometimes it's the parts of the team, but usually it's just the the celebrities who. It's their first time on Formula One. You know, they've never been before. They know nothing about the sport. And often they're, they've got like a little entourage. If the, the bigger the star, the more of an entourage. And it's the awkwardness of trying to get an interview. First of all, he kind of gets elbowed out of the way. If he gets in, you know, with his microphone, he fights his way in and he'll ask some Hollywood star about, you know, what they think about Formula One or a musician. And it's just, it's brilliant because they're so, so incredibly awkward. And, you know, they, they clearly... <laughs> Do not ask me, you know, make sure no one asks me questions. And he gets in there and, yeah, there's been, particularly in Miami. Yeah, there's, there was a few. There's been, I think, Megan the Stallion was one. Um, there was even, I think this, I think it was Venus Williams. Um, there was a quite an awkward moment where, yeah, there's there's been a few where, and, and Martin always there comes out best. With, there was a moment with one lady. I, I think this is the Formula I might be what you're talking about. He, he went up to her and she's like, no, I can't answer any questions. Oh, yeah, I'm not allowed to answer Cara Develine. Cara Develine, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. and and he's and he, at, really at, the, at the end of it, he goes, "I'm sure what you would have said would have been absolutely fascinating." <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> destroys Bagger him. Of a lie. <laughs> Just destroyed her. Oh. And looked yeah. at the camera while he said it. He's like a sniper. Yeah, he's he tweeted about great. it later on, trying to defend herself. He's like, yeah. oh, nah. "It's like nah. not worth it, love." <laughs> yeah. In a twist, actually, my sports editor the next day was at Wimbledon and she was sat behind him at Wimbledon with Sienna Miller. And they were, to be fair to them, they were laughing and joking about it, about how it all played out. And she was seeing the funny side of it all being a bit silly. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it had played out initially, perhaps, as she'd hoped. But Even if you're, not, even if you're told not to answer questions, like, don't make it all more awkward than it, than it needs to be. Like, just yeah. give a couple of, I don't know enough about Formula One, to be honest, sorry. Like, that's yeah. got to be enough. To show him away instead of well, well, that's making it. a scene out. You, start, you just say, I'm delighted to be here. It's my first time ever and having a great time. But to do the whole kind of, no, I'm too important for you to talk to. It's like, well, yeah. they, they made a rule. I think it was after that first, it was after the first Miami Grand Prix when it was a bit embarrassing. There was, I think it was the Megan the Stallion one. And then 
then they had to say, look, if you're on the grid, you're fair, you're fair game. You know, anyone that's on the grid walk, you have to be prepared that you are going to answer questions. But yeah, then it yeah. still it transpired that there were some that were still saying no, and then and that was when Martin was like, "It's part of the rules now. You, you've got to answer questions, you know." And, <laughs> and it's, but it's one of my favourite parts of the weekend of, of, of Formula One weekend is Martin's grid walk. It's great, love it. Well, we sort of had a similar opportunity in Melbourne when we sort of had the job with a streaming service to host their social media. And we were like interviewing um, all the big celebrities coming to the Melbourne F1 um, for Glamour on the Grid. And like there was definitely a few celebrities rolling in that like had no idea about F1, but they still gave us something. And we, we were sort of asking them questions about like their own cars and stuff like that just to sort of help them out a bit. But yeah, no one was like dismissive at all. Like even, even just make it up, like just pretend that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so we were at the... We were watching the Matildas soccer two weeks well, last week, two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. at um, Federation Square in Melbourne. And we were doing our own filming for our own piece. We actually got there really late, so we didn't actually watch most of the game. We only watched the, the penalties. Um, so we watched the penalties, and I, hadn't, I, I didn't really know what happened throughout the whole game. And we did our interviews, and anyway, was, there were other people there doing their own interviews, and they came up to us, and they're like, oh, do you want to? Can you quickly hop in a piece for the Matildas? Um, we're doing some asking some questions. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, you know, we're, we're used to this stuff. We'll, we'll give whatever. Um, and they asked us a couple of nice questions, which you know were easy to answer. And then I started like getting really analytical with like, oh, so who, who was the star tonight? Who do you reckon played the best game? Um, who, you know, who was the best for the Aussies? And I had no idea. Just talking out about. I looked at Archie, I'm like, what are you going to say? And you started riffing yeah, some random I heard, I heard, I don't know, I think on the commentary maybe I heard a name Mary Fowler and I, I don't, I know of her, but I didn't know if she played a good game or anything. I'm just like, yeah, Mary Fowler absolutely dominated tonight. Like a few, few shots of gold, just absolutely talking out of my ass. Like she's giving energy. And like, I, I, I don't know, she might have played well. I'm not sure. He didn't seem too deterred. So, But it's a better answer than going, oh, I didn't. Didn't, actually didn't watch the game, sorry. <laughs> I thought they were all great. Yeah, they were all equally great. That's what it was. <laughs> That's not making the cut. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So you must have seen some pretty amazing sporting events over the last few years. And with this, you know, your explosion 
uh, in fame. Yeah. You must have been invited to some pretty cool events. What's what is your favorite or the, the greatest sporting moment that you've witnessed live? Would you say? Wow, um, there's been some pretty yeah. You're right. There was, a, there was a pretty amazing moment that happened at the start of last year, um, where the the Socceroos actually flew us up to Sydney to watch um, the qualifying game to get them into the World Cup. I think we lost that game, so that was we sort of brushed over that one. But the next night, because we're in Sydney, we're like okay, we'll stay another night. There was this massive AFL game going on. Um, and like the absolute champion of AFL, Lance Franklin, who's like this big full forward. He was like on the verge of kicking 1,000 goals, which has only been done like twice before him. Mm. And generally when something like that happens, everyone rushes onto the ground and the whole like football oval is filled with people like like celebrating around the team. and around game, person, like, like whenever it would happen. Whenever it would happen. And oh, so, wow. Yeah, so he had to kick four goals, and four goals is like still like a big deal, like in a game. Like so, there was still probably I don't know a slight chance, or a strong chance that he wasn't going to do it. Um, but we got there, and he got to like the last quarter. He kicked three goals midway through the last quarter. He's lining up for goal, and like I'm telling you, the whole ground knew what was going. on. <laughs> Everyone's rushing down to the fence, getting ready to hop the fence and jump over. And, yeah, he absolutely slots it. And we're, like, probably, I don't know, probably five rows back and everyone floods onto the ground. And, like, we get, we were lucky enough to be in the pocket that he kicked the goal from and we're probably, like, five metres away from him. And, like, the jubilation and being a part of that moment, which is now in, like, AFL folklore, like, to be 10 metres away from him, like, he, the whole ground's packed with people. It's just like a spectacle that you don't really see anywhere else in the world, um, and so that's probably my number one. But we've it's all, just such yeah. a crazy event, though. It stops the game for twenty minutes, trying to get people off the ground, and players were ended up outside the ground with supporters. Like they get lost in the crowd and they don't know how to get out, so they end up outside <laughs> and run around and try and find their way back underground to to get in. There was photos of. Like Sydney players with meat pies with fans out the front. This is like before the game had even finished. Like, the players were in the most random situations. So it was almost the stories that came afterwards, which were yeah. even even better. <laughs> um, but that that one hundred percent was was a crazy moment. But there's there's a lot of big events we've been to. Which when the rugby the rugby nice. sevens came to Sydney, the rugby sevens that was huge. Yeah. Um, so they invited us down, and we went to Sydney for two days to experience that, had no idea what the Rugby Sevens was. Um, but sort of the whole gimmick was us going and finding out what this sport was. Um, and, yeah, we absolutely loved it. It was complete. I, I know if you guys know Rugby Sevens, it's pretty much a festival for like four days or however long it is. Um, and we completely immersed ourselves in it and had the best few days. We ended up partying with the players afterwards because we did some social pieces for them. So, um, yeah, come Olympics time, if we end up over there, hopefully we get to link up with the Sevens players because we're mates with a few of them now. Oh, cool. Yeah, the games are going to be great. If you get over to Paris, you'll have a cracking time over there. Yeah, so that would be you unbelievable. Mean to the Olympics, Olympics before or would that be your first games? We'd be the first. Yeah, we'd be, be the first. first. But that's the goal of ours. We want to get over there for a couple of weeks next year and, and have some fun. Hopefully we can do some content with the athletes. I hear the, um, the Olympic Village is always good fun and there's always things going on there. So. Yeah. To get amongst that would be would be awesome, um, and yeah, it'd just be a bucket list. There's so many. It's been crazy with with what we've been fortunate enough to do and the opportunities we've been fortunate enough to, to be given. Um, you know, it's crazy to think that you know we've done the Ashes and we could potentially go to the Olympics next year. These are 
you know, bucket list items that which you know we just are so grateful for and we want to make the most the most of when when we do go there. When you guys had your um, start of your sporting journey, then just before all this happened, do you were you just sport mad as kids? Both of you always just playing cricket, Aussie rules, whatever it was. Was that was that the kind of whole thing? Yeah. I wouldn't say we're like crazy, crazy sports fanatics. Like I know a lot more people which are just crazy devoted to to AFL or crazy devoted to to their sport or their team. Like we get passionate about it, but I wouldn't say we're we're absolute nuffies. I I'd, I'd say we're more. Um, just the creative side of things is what is is which gets is what gets us most excited about yeah. what we do. Like we love sport, but I wouldn't say we're sports nuffies. But um, I love the the whole creative aspect of it, the the acting, the making a scene, the um, what's gonna uh, you know what's gonna resonate with our audience. It's is that kind of thing which I've found a real love for in terms of creating content on social media um, and seeing the reactions people yeah. get people get from it so if we can do that with sport and combine our passion for for content and creativity and stuff you know it's a perfect blend and you know we're we're really lucky to sort of stumble on it and the dream was as kids to was to be sports stars like that was our dream growing (laughs) up so wanted to be an afl player wanted to play cricket for australia um and obviously that that dream sort of dissipates as reality <laughs> sort of comes it's on never you. too late uh, never too late Archie. <laughs> yeah. yeah so i don't know we sort of i don't know at the moment it's funny how it sort of comes around but we're sort of mixing both that sports passion and that content creation passion and it's sort of merged into one so yeah super fortunate and grateful to to been able to do that what's your own sporting highlights in terms of sport you've participated in um well personally i uh i played afl football at a reasonably high level so obviously the dream for both of us was to play afl um but you know we, we suffered some some injuries uh, as late teens which um sort of ruined our opportunity to sort of make those representative teams um at 18 and then potentially get drafted so it's sort of that window sort of um, got ruined for us, but you know, I still wanted. When I came back from injury, I still wanted to. The dream was to play AFL, um, and you can do that through other pathways. Obviously, it's a lot. It's a lot harder. So, I knew I, I had to try and make a VFL team. So, VFL is the level below AFL, and a lot of AFL clubs have uh, obviously the firsts and then the seconds. Um, so, right now, I'm playing in the seconds for Melbourne, um, which. You know, is has been amazing, and that's that's to do that for the last three years has been awesome. You know, I've I've had I've been able to play with some massive AFL players, stars, yeah. play with them on my team, and then play against them. Um, so to play at that competitive high le- high level and and make that team and get you had to play against the team that we barracked for in the AFL. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? That was a, of, that yeah. was a conflict of interest. You had to play against <laughs> Richmond and Miles was playing for Melbourne. So yeah. Yeah. So it was it was quite it's it's funny how, you know, I got to do that and um obviously before this all popped off I was gung ho on yep, I got an opportunity to try and make the AFL, which technically I do if I want to keep going with, with the VFL. You never know um who's watching, but I think there's a there's a whole new passion which has been unlocked with, with what we're doing now, which I'm you know, extremely lucky that that's, that's happened and I can do can do both. Um, but definitely playing in the VFL the last three years has been amazing. But, yeah, that's probably my highlight. What about, what about yourself, Arch? <laughs> I just played down at the local football club, Crib Point, 
um, down in the NPNFL. So, um, yeah, Mornington Peninsula League, we actually take it quite seriously, like all the local leagues, in, especially in Victoria. Yeah. We are absolutely football obsessed. So, um, yeah, I play at the local level there and, um, yeah, local cricket in the summer. So a few stories coming out of that, but it's good. It's good fun for sure. What you guys need to do is to get the commentary for one of the matches. If you get commentary of a match that you guys are in and then do the audio for that <laughs> when they're commentating on you. So when it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, put on the ball, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. actually life is, imitating there's... art, imitating life. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually, there's probably one clip that that's doable. It was from last year where you take a really good mark of the football and it was one of the games where there actually was a commentator for Game Face. Um, and that's just probably once a year they'll come out to your game and do it. So I was lucky enough it was that game. But Miles takes a mark right in front of the commentary box and the commentator's like, Shepard, what a great mark. And then Miles <laughs> kicks it down the line. And then I take an even better mark. He's like, he's kicking to his brother. It's an even better mark. Like, <laughs> so, You've got to do totally that, surely. Good. Come on. I think we might have to. I Your fans want it. I know they, they probably do. There was another one that was when I was playing last year in the in the VFL because obviously they commentate every game and the broadcast is actually quite good for the VFL. So um, I got the ball and I ended up kicking this this very very good goal from from the boundary. I dribbled it in from about thirty meters and the commentator goes off his head and yeah. he sort of knew who I was from Shetmates and he mentioned Shetmates. He's like, she's kicked an unbelievable goal. Da, da, da. <laughs> and the AFL actually posted it on their social media wow. platform on Instagram. They posted my goal and they're from like, the VFL. It's not yeah. even an AFL clip. It wasn't even an AFL clip. I think it was the first VFL clip to be posted on the <laughs> AFL. And they tagged us and they're like, shitmates in the VFL has kicked an unbelievable goal. <laughs> so there's probably that which we could rip off um, one day. One day if we run out of content. <laughs> do, do, do you guys get much feedback from the commentators, any other commentators you've done the stuff on or have you had much chat? I mean, with, maybe with the Sky Sports guys, anyone like that? Has, has that happened or not really? Well, funnily enough, we actually filmed a video with Adam Gilchrist today. Um, before we jump from the podcast, we were actually with Gilly um, and we've met with him a couple of times and, and he, you know, when we first met him, he was like, you know, super supportive and enthusiastic with what we, he'd seen what we'd done, that Ashes series where we first popped off and um, yeah, they, they love to chat about it. Like Mark Howard, he, he's an absolute superstar when it comes to just being like a ripper bloke pretty much and just chatting to us about calls and um, they just they just get all around yeah. it. Like, we haven't really had a bad experience, even in England. You know those, you know Athers and NASA. He, um, yeah, it's funny when they come up yeah. and they go, "My kids are just huge fans of what we do." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird when you hear it from that sort of perspective, and they want a photo with you. I think NASA was like, "We've got to get a photo. My son's going to love this in the WhatsApp group." And all that. Oh, this is so weird. <laughs> like NASA, we want a photo with you. <laughs> Do you have a bit of a comedy background, you guys, as well? Have you always loved comedy? Because it, the comedy comes through all the clips you do, you know, I mean, just the, the acting part of it or whatever else. Has that been a thing um, you loved when you were growing up as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, great question. I don't, we, we don't really get asked about our background in, in sort of that, that atmosphere, but um, a lot of we've done a lot of performing, uh, yeah. but never been afraid to get up and, and perform in front of people uh, or put an act together. 
Um, Miles did a, like a drama skit in front of the whole school. In yeah. Year 10. Yeah. And it's only now that I sort of think about um, like, why has this all happened? You know, why, why are we going viral? And, and is this, is this meant to happen? Like, but I sort of look back and go, you know, we've done like even in primary school, we used to get up and the talent show. We were always yeah, we won the talent show like twice, yeah. doing some silly dances <laughs> in front of the school. Or, yeah, um, you know, in year nine, we were both doing public speaking competitions. Um, I was always up doing drama improv in drama class. Um, I never said no to getting up in, in front of the school and doing a drama skit. We hosted our year 12 assembly. We dressed up as the Anchorman and pretended to have like a news desk on the stage in front of oh, the whole school. Superb, superb. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like the piss take awards where you like sort of, I know it's our last day. Everyone's probably sipping on alcohol in the crowd all the year 12s. Like everyone's, everyone's loose up. Like, yeah, we're about to go to this party. Like we're finished with school and, we're running this whole piss take awards about, you know, love triangles or who's the hottest teacher and all this sort of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We're, we're not afraid to sort of get up and chat and put ourselves out there. So yeah, I think that probably shines through with the content. Do you, think you, could, you could, sorry, do you think you could make it into a, like a live show? Would that be a consideration? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we've, we've been in talks with, people wanting us to do a live show and, and we, we definitely think there's an opportunity to do that. We, we were lucky enough to go to uh, the grade cricketer when we were in England. They were doing yeah. a few shows and we got to see how they took their online platform and created it into a live show. It got us thinking on a few ideas on, on what yeah. we can do. Um, but th- these things take a lot of time. You know, we, I think we, we got back from Europe and we'd actually booked in a live show that we were going to do in like a month and a half. I'm like, oh, geez, we've got so much shit going on since we got back from Europe. Like, I, we're perfectionists, and I don't want, yeah. I want this live show to be good. Like, it's going to take a lot of rehearsal, and um, you know, I want, I want the audience to to walk away feeling really good about it, and I want us to feel confident going yeah. into it. So, it's not something we're going to get, going to rush into it. But I think with the right process and an idea, um, you know, we're really good at putting yeah. something together and making sure that we've got the right chemistry and. And we now we know all these commentary lines just off by heart. So if there's any way of like I don't know putting it into like a skit and just ripping commentary lines, like it's kind of a, a funny aspect to that. I feel like yeah. So. And if we're drawing um, like people from our audience who love commentary, and we sort of make it like a big commentary bonanza like overnight, just taking like, the piss out of commentators. Like, I think there's legs in that. Uh, but I think I think it's something we, we definitely will do in the future. You're saying there, you know, off by heart, a lot of the skits that when you've spent the time to do a video, by the time you've gone through the whole process, at the end of it, is that committed to, to your memory, long term memory? You could just, right now, you could do any one of the, the videos you've done pretty much. Yeah, oh, yeah I, wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't say it's like that. I think early days when we actually, like, because the first, I think, 10 videos, we, we, we weren't looking on a computer. We were, we were memorizing everything. So <laughs> those are the ones which, we can sort of, I can still pick up on commentary lines from back then. Yeah. Um, but now that we're reading it, it's, it, I wouldn't say it stays with us the whole time. Like I'm trying, obviously efficiency. We, I don't want to be doing it for ages. So we'll obviously, we've worked it out so we can get it done in the shortest possible time. So I wouldn't say that everything's memorized, yeah. but there's definitely maybe, there's iconic ones that just stay with There's you. like one liners from maybe a minute video. There might be, you know, one or two lines, which we, we sometimes rip just in day-to-day. Like, <laughs> and Archie might say the commentary line, but without knowing that in, in a completely different context, and then I'll say it in the way the commentator yeah. said it. Mm-hmm. So it's quite funny. 
Did you ever listen to Twelfth Man growing up then, the, those guys? Is that what it's called? Where they used to imitate the Richie Benno's and everything else. Is that what it was called, Twelfth Man? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. To be honest, I haven't I haven't seen a lot of a lot of their work and I, I maybe it was before my time in terms of listening to it, but um I've heard a lot of people come up to us and be like, Oh, you, you like the twelfth man or this is yeah. very this is very twelfth man like. I've seen a lot of comments referencing the twelfth man, so I do need to um yeah, get on and have a look and, and see what they're talking about. It is. It is too, good. Too old, Matt. We're yeah, both too no, old. Too no, it's very generation. old. I mean, it was it was side splittingly good. How how good they are at getting those uh, those commentary. But then it, it takes off a life of its own. So it's obviously Richie Benno doing absolutely something ridiculous, which obviously he's not doing. But it's it's it is, it is worth a listen. It's almost like a precursor. You guys have taken it up a, a, another notch from that. That's how it feels. The, the similarities a bit. Yeah. Well, maybe we do need it. We need to watch a bit more of it. See where the evolution's going. Yeah, you know, we'll probably, we might get a few few ideas from it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's there's some comedy gold from from the past, which we love. We love looking at old comedy and these old comedians, and because that's sort of where we get the inspiration from. Even just general Australian comedians or general old TV shows. You know, you need to, you need to watch it um, to see, you know, to get the inspiration. So the more of that stuff we can watch, the, the better for sure. And in the future, are you are you looking at other sports? Are you just are you constantly sent video clips from people saying you should do this, you should do this? Um, what what's the process for 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 doing your videos? Oh, we're always sent clips, especially in our Instagram DMs. Just like there's people sending us clips, links to YouTube videos, or forwarding on Instagram videos of just like the most peculiar sports. Like <laughs> I think there's heaps. There's like a, a massive request for um. This one rugby, I think it's a Welsh rugby moment. Uh, that that were diabolical, I think. I don't know if you guys have that rings a bell. For diabolical. You that were diabolical. <laughs> yeah, that <one>. um, <laughs> yeah. So, I've yeah, not seen that so one. Many, so many people have sent that one video in. So we 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 want to get that one done because I feel like yeah, people want to see that one. Um, but I think yeah, the American sports we haven't really touched heaps of it. Um, we did one NBA video in the NBA finals at the start of the year and that did really well on TikTok. But yeah, the NFL season, the NBA season, that's about to start up. So I think we want to try and grab a bit more of that American audience. Uh, we did an ice hockey video at the start of the year that went absolutely bananas. I think yeah. That's our best video on Instagram at the moment, like 7 million views or something it's like that. It's a big fist fight on the ice. Unbelievable viewing. Yeah. It was like a boxing match. Thirty blokes were just throwing haymakers. Yeah, uh, and the commentator was going off his chops, and it just went viral. And people in the US loved it. But that's the beauty of sort of our audience. It's it's international. It's worldwide. It's like a we're sort of embracing that. It's sort of like a one stop shop for worldwide sporting piss take moments, you know. And we're sort of embracing that as our brand. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty awesome. We get to go. If I, you know, if we can go from the last year, we're going to all these worldwide events. Like, uh, I, can't, I, I can't believe, like, I mean, even this next year, um, now we're, we're going to the US for a little bit and all these big sporting events. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, geez, could we end up there? Like, yeah. we end up there next year? And there's no reason you've got to, to think that we can't. You've got to try and get to Paris for the Olympics next year because yeah, that, that'll be, uh, that'll be special. And we'll be there, yeah. Matt and I, yeah. doing different things. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to come and say hello. Oh, we'll find you and say, "Yeah, have a beer and say hello, face <laughs> to face." Yeah, absolutely. 
Do you guys ever do, have you ever put bloopers together? Because Chris and I are uber fans of bloopers on on comedy shows in particular, but it sounds like you probably have some material for that, of your things having falling outs or your recordings going horribly wrong. (laughs) We need to do more of that, to be honest. Yeah. I think we need to set up a separate camera just for bloopers because um, a lot of the time we'll we'll press, we'll stop it and then have a break or if we screw up, we'll stop the the video to save us um, in the editing time. We'll we'll delete all the junk videos to to help us with the edit. But we did do some bloopers early days, and it's on our Instagram story. Um, there's like those little things under our profile which you can click bloopers on Instagram, and right. um, we did a couple for some some Richie Benno moments, some Tony Gregg cricket moments, yeah, um, which were just pisses to do. Uh, and we just yeah, we just pissed ourselves. Some of them were laughing, and some of them were raging at each other. So um, yeah, I think the really funny ones—they're the best ones to get the bloopers out because we just can't stop laughing. Um, but then I, I feel like most of them will just be us being angry at each other for screwing up. So, yeah, and we're going to get a bit of both if we don't bloopers. That's perfect. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on to talk to us. I can't think what time it is there. What are you, you're into evening? Are you? Uh, it's just about to click on seven o'clock in, okay. at night. So yeah, you're in Victoria, yeah. are you? Yeah, Victoria. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. One of my favorite places. I love Melbourne. Melbourne's yeah. I could I could live there if my wife was up for Mate. it. I'd move there in the drop of a hat. I tell you, <laughs> Mate, we, we've found a new appreciation for Melbourne now that we've been. I mean, Europe's beautiful and London's great, and but then uh, London's just a very big city as well. Like, yeah, I feel like we sort of got lost a bit. In London, it's just so big, and um, but we came back to Melbourne, and like it's it, it, there's a reason it's been voted the most livable city in the world a few times because it's just you know it's it's really easy to get around, and the facilities are, and the sporting um, you know structures are, are amazing. So we've sort of got a new appreciation now that we've been and seen other cities that you know Melbourne's Melbourne's pretty good right where we are. Yeah, love it, love it. But back over there soon, hopefully, find an excuse to get over there. Yeah, it's a spot. Well, uh, you'll have to come say goodnight. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time and uh, and keep up the great work. And uh, yeah, hope to see you face to face sometime. No worries. Thanks so much, guys. Thank Cheers. You. Bye. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah.